Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard and Matt Ellis. Now, once again, broadcasting live with Iron Chairman Peter Swan ahead of the new season tomorrow. Uh, so, Peter, thank you for joining us once again. How are you? And also... We kick off again tomorrow. So how are you feeling ahead of the new season? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of anticipation. Um, yeah, I feel a lot better than we were probably 18 months ago. So uh, um, I think I said in uh, in my piece today on the website that, you know, it's nice that we can start again. You know, that's the only great thing about this. If you manage to hang on to your league status, you can start again and, uh, and hopefully do better. Um, and I think we can do that this year. So when we consider last season, I think obviously the main aim was safety. Uh, it did get quite close towards the end. Uh, did you have faith that we would hang on? Obviously, said it's a bit of a fresh start now going into next season, but just looking back, um, did you have faith that we would hang on at the end? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's easy to say that now, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I dare say that there were jitters at times, but I did think we did enough um, to, to just about hang on. And, and that's what we did, you know, and... Uh, it was great that Neil could get us through that because I think he'll grow from that and he'll learn a little bit more. And hopefully that experience, he, he doesn't want to uh, go through that again. And neither do I. And I don't think the fans do. So, uh, yeah, ho- hopefully that will give him the boost he needs to, to win a few more matches this year. Um, as we know, last season was, was very difficult and with uh, the pandemic and things like that. But in, in your opinion, Peter, why do you think it, it went so wrong last season and why it didn't quite happen for the team on the pitch? Uh, we we didn't really have the pre-season that we that we needed. I, I certainly think that if you speak to Neil now, he'll say that we're better prepared, and and I think we are. Um, COVID probably a year ago, um, you know, we were still learning a lot about it. We're learning how to treat it, how to get our our players through, and and we were just losing players left, right, and centre through uh, pre-season, and then. You know, on the Saturday morning when they tested, you could lose three of your key players. And um, that, that was our main problem. Yes, every, look, listen, everybody had the same problem. Um, but I think you needed a bit of luck um, to sort of get through that. And, uh, you know, I, I look back on it with our staff and, and everybody who, who looked after the uh, the stadium during that time. I think they did such a great job that that, that sort of got us through. Well, just in regards to that, then, in terms of the COVID situation, because obviously it's still going to affect this season. Uh, it's not disappeared completely. Do you feel that obviously all clubs will have sort of learned things from last year? But do you feel in, in that regard, are we much more equipped and, I guess, safer in a way of not necessarily losing players throughout the season? Um, I still think we'll lose players. Um, it's just how we do it. Obviously, the, uh, the the opinion of certain people when they're near people. I mean, I think it would got to about a million people were pinged. I mean, that is a problem. Um, but it, it's down to it's really down to our lads to to make sure they look after themselves and they keep within you know a sensible bubble. Even as we've had everything you know all the all the restrictions dropped, it's really important that that people still look after themselves. You know. Um, and and I think we'll we'll be better prepared for it. And there are different cases and things that we can do to uh, to avoid losing three or four players, where we can just lose one, and they can be retested. So yes, we have learned a lot. And uh, yeah, I, I hope we can get through the majority of this season, um, um, you know, intact and and with all the fans in. Just sort of uh, to end on last season, then reflecting on last season, um, recently you, you kind of suggested that you were quite disappointed um, by some comments from Jim Carajan um, re- regarding sort of the attitude of some of the players last season. Um, and I think even Neil Cox, listening to him on radio um, this week, kind of suggested that maybe one or two players didn't always have the right attitude. Um, have any steps been taken this season in terms of sort of the players that have been brought in? Uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen again? You know, I, I think it's always disappointing when a player goes to the press, you know, um, because usually what happens in the in the uh, 
in the changing rooms and, and within the team structure stays there. You know, that, that's what we've always done. We're always trying to be private. We, we've, you know, there are a lot of things happened in this club in the last eight years. And, uh, you know, maybe one day there might be a book, but, um, you know, you know, it's, it's difficult. We, we work as a team and um, when things go wrong, we like to, to look after each other and make sure that it's not uh, too detrimental to their lives. So having a player come out who's really only been with us for half a season or so and start having a go at other players, you know, he can do that on the day. He can do that with the players. But I think going public was a bit out of order. So that's why I was a little bit upset with it. Um, you know, in the end, you know, we, we have to carry on, you know, Gemma will find a, a team somewhere else or whatever, and, and we carry on. Um, it's it's disappointing, but um, those things happen. And uh, I'd like to think that we, we took a lot of time in the summer talking about this, uh, myself and Neil and uh, and a few of the management team and said, look, I, there was a time where we took a lot more time over finding the background of certain players and how they fit in. And, and that's what we've done. And uh, um, Neil's, Neil knows what I want at the club and, and he's on the same the same wavelength in the way he wants players to operate and be professional. And uh, I'd like to think that, you know, the minute you say this, something will go wrong. But I'd, I'd like to think that most of the lads who come in are hungry, they're professional and, and they want to be successful. And, and the way you do that is you perform on the pitch and off the pitch. Do you think there was, I know obviously you were disappointed by the comments, but do you think there was an element of truth in, in those comments he made? If that's what he thought, that's up to him, isn't it? It was his opinion. Um, basically, I'm not, I'm not going to marry up to his opinion. That, that was his opinion. Yes, you could say that some of the players who were out of contract coming into, uh, into this season, um, you know, probably were looking after themselves. But that's not unusual, is it? We've seen that before. It's not, it's not unusual in my tenure or anybody else's. That happens with players. If they, haven't, if they don't look like they're going to get a contract, why would they go out and um, get themselves injured or or give everything, to be honest? And, and I think sometimes that happens, but they don't mean to do it. They don't mean to do it. They, it was just self-preservation, I think. And uh, yeah, that was disappointing. But saying that, I, I think everybody gave everything right up until, you know, the, the Bradford game, which, which probably was the, the turning point, I think, at the end there. Just getting that point was, was pretty crucial for us. He sort of seems to suggest there that in terms of recruitment this summer, some of those things have been slightly rectified. We'll come on to the new signings a little bit later on, but I think if we can, let's, if we just turn to the uh, transfer embargo, I know you wrote a little bit in your statement today, but in case people haven't seen that, uh, you suggested in that statement that the club needed to accept the loan uh, to stay afloat. Not many clubs have taken that, so why is it that we were in the position where that loan was a necessity? Um, it's, it's... You see, the thing is, it's about all about cash flow, and we're 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 quite a small club, so we're 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 you know quite dependent on three and a half thousand people coming in through the gate um, on a on a weekly basis when we're at home. So when you lose that, you you lose nearly well, you lose that, and then you lose your money over the for the food, you lose your restaurant, you lose your hospitality, and you lose two thirds of your business. Now, that, that's not easy to rectify. That's not easy to just pick out of a pocket. You know, our businesses or hospitality have been shut since pretty much since last March. We've only just really been back open. So nearly 18 months, uh, businesses have struggled. And, and we're, we're absolutely one of those. And, and it was down to cash flow. It's not having assets or anything like that that you can sell. You know, yeah, I could sell something cheap. and you know, But that wasn't the case. The case was, could we get through the year? We, we were promised many things from the EFL including a rescue package. We started the season, lost 1.7 million, and the rescue package turned out to be a loan with with things attached to it. So what do you do? You know, you've not you've been told you're getting money, you've been told you're going to be looked after, and then all of a sudden this is a loan, you know, and um, the difficult the difficulty is you, you've got to make a choice. Do you do you get a loan outside of the uh, the club, which which indebts the club to somebody else, or do you actually take up the EFL offer of the loan, work with their um, limits and 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 what they want to put on there as an embargo, and and get through it? And fortunately, we discussed it. Um, our budget has come down to where we want it to be, which is in line with our turnover, which means that we will break even and and still be out of have a reasonable budget to, to compete. We just have to be a little bit more. 
careful in who we bring in and and be a little bit more tougher you know we, we can't just go out there and spend the money that we want to spend um, and i'm glad we did that because we were in league one still spending an extra three million three million a year i think we'd have been out of business so you know we've had to work hard on it and and i do believe that um we've made the right decision i can't say a lot about it i am i am um uh, forbidden by the afl to go through the actual terms of it we are not the only one. There are others who have taken this up. Um, and actually, it's a, it's, it's a very good deal. Um, and what I have done or, and what we've done as a family is we've covered that by, by sponsoring the stadium for the same amount over the next 10 years. So it, there, there is no, it's of no detriment whatsoever apart from an embargo, which stops you spending huge amounts of money on players. Well, we're not doing that anyway. So that really doesn't affect us. doesn't affect who we're going to go and buy. Um, we've got a good squad at the minute and I believe we can still go out and get the odd one or two and, and loan players. So I'm, I'm, I'm relaxed about where we are and come next season, that, that embargo will be lifted and, and maybe sooner if we manage to, uh, to pay it off sooner and we, we manage to get fans back in and a bit of money in the coffers. Just touching on something there. So the, the stadium sponsorship has been extended for the next 10 years. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. In terms of the um, embargo, then you say there. Well, initially, this this whole thing started from the rescue package from the EFL. Uh, you say that it then becomes clear that it's actually a loan. At what point in the process did you know we realise that it wasn't necessarily what you initially thought it was going to be? Um, pretty late, to be honest. Um, I, can I can remember going to so many meetings, or, or, or actually not going anywhere, uh, Zoom meetings with, with the AFL over this. And um, I think the difficulty was that there was just nothing in plain sight. You know, the premium money was coming down and, and still League Two were only getting 8% of the premium money. Um, so we got half of the money that came down, which was a few hundred thousand, which got us through. Um, but like I say, we still found ourselves nearly two million short. And... Uh, you know, we, we didn't really know what that was going to entail until probably the back end of last season. So it's, it didn't really give us a lot of time. We couldn't really do much else. But I still, I think it's a really good decision uh, from us to take the money. And, and you know, we, we have to deal with it. It doesn't make an effect on, on what we're doing. Um, and, and that's the most important thing. If it did, we probably wouldn't have done it and would have done it a different way. And, and who knows? Like I say, if we if we can pay it off, as soon as you pay it off, you can you can come out of your embargo. But um, it is a good deal for us. Um, the loan is a very good deal. It's not costing the club anything. So um, I like to think that we've, we've we've done what we've needed to do to keep the the club afloat um, and not to stretch, you know, all my businesses and, and certainly not the football club to breaking point. So um, when will we be able to sign players on our own terms um, without ratification from the AFL? Well, we're doing that anyway. We're, okay. we're doing that. There's no ratification from the EFL. You, you, you've got a set amount of money that you can spend on players. But it's no different to when we were under the salary cap. Because you've got to remember what, what happened. We started the season under um, the EFL standard rules. Um, and then we changed to a salary cap. And then we went back to the rules again. Um, you know, it, it, that's three changes in financial rules in, in one season. Um so it didn't really affect us because we'd already got our budget in place. And actually, the amount they allow us to have under the embargo for each player is probably on a par with what we could spend anyway. We just have to be a little bit careful with the extras like the accommodation, um, hotel accommodation and, uh, and travel costs and that. But, but we've married that up and balanced it and, and hopefully um, it, it won't have an effect. And I think you can see by the signings, you know, that they're, they're pretty good signings and I think the team have done really, really well. You know, Neil and his team have done really well. Um, keep those prices down and, and try and get value for money. Just to, just on that point there, um, obviously mentioned that we, we're looking to use the loan market. Um, is there a cap on sort of what we can pay in terms of percentage of their salary? And if if that is the case, is that has that kind of been an issue um, trying to kind of get loan players in this summer? No, no loan caps. Um, the decision on the loans was to leave them as late as possible. Um, the, the key was to get the squad together um, and have all our own players pri primarily um, what Neil wanted. And uh, that's what we've done um, and leave the loan market as the, um, the last thing that we go into, because a lot of the teams won't let their players out anyway until the start of the season or even the end of August. So 
you know, you might as well just see how you start with your squad, get your squad together. And if we have to fill in some gaps and we can do that with loan players. And, and we're certainly talking to uh, several other clubs at the minute um, in the championship who um, are, are happy to lend their players out to us um, at that really good rate. So it, it's just a different way of operating and, and we're comfortable with where we are at the minute. Just one thing that we had a few comments um, sent in about it. On, I think it was on the EFL website, um, sort of rules of the embargoes and things like that. And it suggested that teams under the embargo could only sign uh, players on one-year deals. But obviously, we've been able to do that on two-year deals. Um, I think maybe just if you could just clarify why how that's been possible. Um, are there kind of different rules for the, the clubs that have taken the loan as kind of compared to the teams that are actually under a transfer embargo? No, not really. It's not. It's not really about the the, the length of the contract. It's about the the value of the contract. Um, we've never been limited to one year contracts. Um, we've signed a few on one year contracts, but that will be down personally to, to how we feel the player is going to fit in, um, and also to give incentives for some of the players as well. Um, no, there's never never been a, an issue on that, and there's not an issue on the loan players either. <clears throat> Honestly, there are, there are no issues there. Um, the amount of players you have is is still the same. I think we were allowed twenty three senior players last year and then we could have as many juniors as we wanted and uh, and, and I believe that we can still do that and um, we're still clarifying some rules I think things will change as we go forward but but generally I think we're working on a 22 or 23 man senior squad and then our juniors added into that but we don't want a big squad this year Neil didn't want a big squad to work with on the training field and we felt that if we could get this right and, and bring it down to a 24 26 man squad um, that would work uh, quite nicely for us. And, and that's where we are at the minute. And just uh, one more on this one then, just looking forward slightly when we get to January, is, is that the same in the sense that it won't necessarily affect if we need to do business there? Because obviously last couple of seasons, we've brought in reinforcements when needed. I think think back to last year, obviously Howard, Carajan, Brown, etc. Listen, if, if that's what we need to do in January, we have to do a little bit of juggling, don't we? We just can't just bring them in. Um, you know, people will have to go out and people who perhaps who are not going to get a contract at the end of the year or not getting a look in may want to go out. And it's just about balancing the books, to be honest. Once we've got our full squad in place, it'll be about one in and one out. And that's how we'll we'll try and move it forward. It's a sensible way of doing it. And it's the way that we've decided to move forward. Uh, let's let's talk about the outgoings a little bit this summer then. Um, Lewis Spence, um, was, uh, was that a desire for Spence to move back to Scotland or with the club? Um, looking to move him on this summer because, as as we saw, you know, he kind of go into the season a little bit last year, didn't he? And kind of finished quite strongly. So, um, obviously, there's a few question marks around, um, you know, why Lewis Spence left. Yeah, I, I listen. I I like Lewis a lot. I mean, I I looked well, we looked at him as a club two 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 and a half years ago, and I thought he'd, he'd be a good addition to us. But you know, um, getting him in was I thought an, an excellent deal for us. We did a very very good deal for him. Um, he came in on a two year deal. Um, like you say, he grew into the season. It's you know, for me, he was that battler. He'd win those tackles, um, scored a cracking goal as well, if I remember. Um, you know, he, he was everything. I thought he was going to build into a great player for us this year, and, and I didn't want him to go. And not, neither did anybody else at the football club. Um, he had an offer back in Scotland. Um, he wanted to go back there, and when a player wants to do that, it's very difficult to keep him in the building. Um, and that's all really I can say. All I can say is that we didn't want him to go. Um, we got a little bit for him, and um, you know he's he's earning a bit more money back up in Scotland where he wanted to be. So um, there's no good keeping players in the club who don't want to be here or need to want to be somewhere else. There just is no point in doing that. So we did try, um, work with him as long as we could, but um, you know in the end the, the pull of going back to Scotland was just just too much for him. Another player that moved on was obviously John McAtee. Um, has that fee been agreed or will that go to a tribunal? No, that'll go to tribunal. Um, I, th I think when Hacks went to tribunal, we didn't get a result from that until the March the following year. So you can imagine the long-windedness of this. Um, we weren't asking a lot of money for him, but, um, you know, basically Grimsby feel that, the, that he's, um, he should go for nothing, but I don't feel that's the case. And uh, we as a club have, have put our case forward and, and we'll start to do that and work on that in the coming months. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get a few quid for him and he does really well. I, I want him to do well. Um, I, I thought he's a very talented lad. 
um, and probably just didn't fit into uh, the manager's plans or, or, the, or the way the team played. Um, very difficult to fit him into a certain position um, here at Scunthorpe. So, uh, yeah, that's ongoing. I'm afraid it does happen. Not had too many of those, only two or three of those uh, since I've been here. So, um, you know, Gricey will work on all the, all the paperwork. And like I say, I don't expect anything to be solved till March, which is a bit, a bit outrageous, really, but that's how the system is at the minute. Another player that got a move, uh, Joey Dawson, obviously got the move to Celtic. Um, a couple of questions around this, I suppose. Um, first one, I think quite a few people were asking if he had you know, that amount of talent, why didn't he get a chance in the first team sooner than, than he did? Obviously, I know injuries played a part towards the end of the season. Um, and then secondly, obviously, the, the fee for Dawson, um, I guess that's set more or less, given, given he's an academy player. Um, can you reveal that fee? You know, I can't do that. But, I mean, it's a standard fee, yeah, that, that we couldn't really do much. I mean, there was a, a new deal on the table for, for Joey for quite a while, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to see him in the team uh, the season before. I don't think COVID's helped either. I think there were some issues there. Um, but then when we, we were trying to get him in at the beginning of the season um, under Neil, um, we wanted him to play. And he did get a couple of niggling injuries, uh, a little bit of an ankle injury, bits and pieces. Then he was approached, um, you know, halfway through the season. And to be honest, there's really not a lot we can do. If he's not going to sign his contract and he's going to go, we, we can't do anything. We, we're, we're pretty much stuck. And a real shame. I mean, we got a nice fee for him, but nowhere near what you'd expect from a, a player that could eventually be at the top level. But um, it is what it is. Um, and, and that's the disadvantage of being in League Two. Um, and with the systems in at the minute where they can just um, take our under 18. So, um, yeah, disappointed we lost him. I think I think he's going to be a great player. And uh, um, I, again, I wish him all the luck. And, uh, you know, we spoke to Andy a lot about it. And it's a great move for the lad, to be honest. It really is a great move. But I don't like saying that, you know, we looked after the lad. I want to look after the football club, not, not just the players. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm disappointed we went and we didn't get a lot more money for him. But, um what a great opportunity for him if he, if he can just sort of get himself into that first team. So the money that does come in from these players that have moved on, is that something that gets reinvested in the transfer budget for this season or because of the unique situation last year, is it something that's going towards covering the losses because of COVID? No, no, nothing's covering the losses on COVID. Like I say, I've covered those with, with the new sponsorship deal and the FL loan, so that's fine. Um, we get... Um, the majority of most of the well not the majority we get a certain percentage of the any uh figure that we get from football fortune or player sales we get that back into the budget but our budgets are around where we need it to be anyway so it's going to be very difficult to expand it too much but again it's about getting players out and bringing players in that, that will give us the opportunity to expand our budget um but if money does come in and, and we're able to to put it into the budget we will do um, it's not going to go up to pay any bills or anything like that in, unless we don't get the, um, the fans coming in and, and we're struggling to get our turnover up, up then it might have to be used to, to cover that. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that the fans want to come back in and watch some football and we, we can get up to the, you know, our levels, which isn't great, but still would make the club uh, a break-even club and then we could put the extra funding in for the wages. So should we, should we talk about the, the players that have come in then a little bit? I think, um, I mean, we spoke about it extensively at the end of last season on the podcast that um, obviously we thought it was a really big summer for the club given what had um, come the season before. And I think, you know, by and large, I think fans have kind of received the signings in a positive way. I think that there's been, um, you know, some good some good additions to the squad, some experience that we, we know we really, really needed. So that's been really good to see. Um, just from the outside, it kind of appears that there's less of a reliance and agents this summer. So um, so how have the signings worked out so far then? Have they been players that have been identified by um, the manager or has, have there been a few identified by Will or how has it worked? Yeah, I, I think I think it's, it's continued to work the way it always has done in the identification is that from your chief scout, your manager, your assistant manager, and, and then any anybody that's passed through to uh, um, to anybody else in the club, actually, including myself. You know, you, you sometimes get an email or a text saying that a player's free. You pass that on to the manager or the chief scout and say, look, are you interested or are you not? You know, that that's always how it's been. Um, certainly, Will has got his teeth into it, which is, which is great because there's a lot more pressure on him than, than you'd think because, you know, it's, a very, it's very difficult 
having that job anyway, but let alone having um, me as chairman as well. So, um, you know, he, he's got a tough one there, but I think he's, he's learned a lot. I think Neil as well trusts him. Um, and yeah, he would have had a lot to do with, with a lot of these signings, a lot of the negotiations with them, uh, getting them here, getting them on trials. You know, he's um, it, it's it's a team effort. And, and in the end, Neil makes that final decision. I'm sure that, that the Chief Scout has put a lot more players forward that, that he hasn't chosen. So it, it's exactly where it was. Manager makes the final choice and then everything else is, is left up to the club to do the, the paperwork and the, the deal and, and work with the agents. And uh, that's how it's always been. But um, it's just a different level of player that we're looking at. Um, you know, a lot more sort of younger um, some of these on one-year deals, like some on two, uh, a lot of a lot of future talent there, and uh, we're very very excited about what we've seen in pre-season. So I'm really hoping that, that we've turned a corner with it, and um, you know that starts tomorrow, which is always nerve-wracking because anything can happen in the first game. You mentioned earlier on we're obviously still looking at loans. Do you think it will just be loans now, or potentially we we could look at some some more players on permanent deals? Yeah, if the right person is there on a permanent deal, we'll, we'll do a permanent deal. Um, but primarily, I think we'll look at loans because, you know, we have got quite a healthy squad at the minute um, and it would be difficult to to commit to um, players for, for long contracts at the minute while we're still assessing the ones that we've got. I think loan players are the perfect angle to take. And um, if we do that and we get the right, and again, you've got to get the right loan players in. If you get the right loan players in, um, they will add to you as as we have in the past. You know, yes, we might never have a Ryan Yates and Ivan Tony again for a while, but you know, I think we've always done reasonably well in the low market. And uh, the occasional one doesn't work, but but that, that's football. You know, you're never going to get it all right. Um, you just hope it doesn't affect your team too much if you get it wrong. Would we be looking to kind of fill all the? I know you can obviously have the the five in the match day squad. Would be, would be, would we be looking to fill that quota before sort of the uh, transfer window shuts? If we need to, um, we, we've got a fairly big squad. Like I say, you know, up in the twenties now. So I mean, the the problem is if if we bring in loan players in and we're not playing them, it'll cost us. Um, so the sensible thing would be where we need a position, whether that be midfield up top or another winger. That's what we go for. If they're available, we get them. If not. Why not save those loans for, for January, you know, to give us a boost if we need that, along with any other finances that might need to go in. So it's just a balance, a balance in the, the team and the squad. Um, injuries will play a part in that in the coming few weeks before the season, uh, before the window shuts. Um, and we have to, you know, we want to fall back. So if we get all the loans in now and, and we get some injuries then we're going to be in the worst position. So waiting and holding a few of those loans back makes a lot of sense, I think. Um, which positions are we looking to strengthen at the moment? I think Neil's looked at um, in the midfield, wide and up top. I, I think, you know, I think he'd ideally like three in, maybe four. He might even want more knowing a manager. But, you know, that, that's that's where we are at the minute. But you don't know if injuries occur. We might need, I, I think we're pretty, pretty strong at the back. I think our cover at the back is pretty good now. Um, I think probably another winger would be good. Um, and probably a forward with a little bit different to the, the lads we've got. I mean, although Hallam is fit and raring to go and is looking great, I think he's like a new signing for us. And and Cam, has, Cam Wilson has done really well. Um, you know, that there are opportunities there and we want these lads to have those opportunities. So I don't necessarily want Neil to go out and, and just get a lone player for the sake of getting him because he's a winger and he's an extra bod. Um, if we've got the lads here and the youth players are coming through and, and look quite, quite hungry and, and quite strong, um, we like to bring them through first, and I think that's really our our first uh, our first visiting point um, when when we look at the squad. Well, it's not just the squad that's had additions. Obviously, it's the backroom staff as well. And I think something that came as a surprise to fans was the addition of Tony McMahon. Obviously, when we're talking about loans, one under your time is, was, I think, extremely successful, actually. I'd say one of the players of the season that year he was here. Uh, what was the thinking behind bringing him in and, and who made that decision? Well, I think I think Neil Neil hadn't really had the chance to sort of change his his backroom staff around a little bit, and I think I think it was really important that when we made the decision that the the under twenty threes just need to be shelved for a couple of years, um, that he wanted somebody um, because we're bringing some young lads in. He wanted somebody a little bit different eventually, but I mean we'd not even planned for Tony um, to be honest. Um, 
Now, sadly, we had to let Russ go because of the 23 setup. Um, and we'd really not thought about bringing anybody in, but Tony became available. And um, the way that we're going, um, Neil said that he'd like him in the club. So, of course, I got no problem with that at all because of the relationship with Tony. And, I, it was, you know, he did have a great spell here with us. And, um, you know, he, he is a consummate professional. And, you know, there's nothing wrong in having ex-players in their early years in your club. There's nothing wrong with that. And they can connect probably with some of the younger players and the older players going out. So, no, delighted to have them on board. And, uh, yeah, you know, th these things happen. Um, you know, managers change teams, squads, backroom staff all the while, even, you know, even when they come in straight away. So um, it's, it wasn't really a surprise that, that eventually he wanted somebody else in uh, to do a certain job for him. Um, of course, um, Tony McMahon is not the only uh, member of the backroom staff who's come in this summer. We've also um, brought in Dale Tong, um, who's, who's got really good experience as an assistant manager at Barnsley. And of course, and has had the one promotion to the championship. So he comes with really good pedigree. So how pleased are you to get that one done? I think, you know, everybody that's coming in, I, you know, you hate to say it because it's like optimism. And I know the fans don't like the chairman having optimism a lot of the time. But I, I actually do think we've done really well. And, and everybody that's come in, uh, we're really excited with wherever they are in the, in the business and, uh, and in, the, in the club. So, yeah, it, it, it's great to have um, um, these people in. And um, it, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air. And, and that's exactly why Neil was brought into the football club to, to give us a, a, a bit of a change of direction and... Uh, a change of attitude, I think, as well. You talk about um, a little bit of optimism there, given the signings. Well, let's look at this season coming up, obviously starting tomorrow. Uh, last season's success was survival. Is it the same again for this year, or are we thinking we can aim a little bit higher now? I, I think we should aim a little bit higher. I, I know that the uh, the polls have been out there and they're, they're killing us and said, we're, you know, we're lucky if we, we make 23rd or 22nd or whatever. Um, that's not what we're thinking um, you know, the, the lads don't think that at all. I, I think these lads are a, a decent side. I, I would love this side to be thinking about consolidation, but consolidation in the middle of the table um, and just see where we are. As, as always, you know, it'd be really nice to be, be sitting there and decide what we want to do in January. Do we bring young players in because we, we, we think we can, we can manage that to the end of the season or do we have to bring a bit of experience in to help us get to the end? You know, I, I haven't got a crystal ball here. We, we've changed everything. Fans back in. I uh, don't know how that's going to change it. You know, it's, it's going to be tough, I think, for the players to remember what it's like. Um, although they did enjoy their trip to Wimbledon and four and a half thousand Wimbledon fans shouting at them. So, listen, I, I, I really would like us to finish um, in, in the middle of the division and, and just continue a progress towards getting back on our feet again after, after the pandemic. Assuming we do do that, what are the plans for sort of, have you got plans for the next couple of seasons? Um, and, you know, would the budget change if, if for example, we consolidate this season? Um, would you kind of be tempted to, to maybe throw a little bit more at it next season and, and maybe have a push for sort of promotion? Um, I really I really think that we need to concentrate on, on stability and, and sustainability of the club. You know, we've, we've had that go. I, I, I put a lot into the club um, and... Um, you know, our success was nearly there, you know, four points off the potential of going straight up out of League One to the champ, you know, in, and the budget there was about three million, you know, so we were competing against 10, 11, 12 million pound budgets around us. And, and I thought we did really well. And us, the squad we had at that time, if we'd have gone up to the champ, I think we'd have done really well. Because most of those players who, who had to leave because they went to better clubs, um, you, you could have seen us doing really well. So, disappointed i didn't manage to get to the champ but i tried my best um you know you're never going to win everything we had a bit of stability for five years in league one now we're in league two you know both years have been affected by covid you know points per game first time first time around when we went down and then a whole season without fans so getting back on the um, on the tracks a little bit now and uh, making sure we don't overstretch ourselves at this moment um, and just get us Get us into a position where we're comfortable. Who knows? You know, if we if we have a little bit of luck, we sell a player, or we can put a little bit of money in 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 a in the following season. Yeah, maybe. But I think our focus at the minute is just get through this season, see where we are, and and then decide what to do. Um, you know, coming into the following summer. 
just uh, one more on that one before we move on. Uh, you mentioned all those polls and things like that and bookies and things, having us finishing 23rd, 24th, that sort of stuff. Uh, you say that the uh, the lads in the dressing room are sort of thinking they can do better than that. Are they, are they the sort of squad and, and Neil, is he the type of manager that's actually, you know, using all of that and using it to spur them on or is it something that's just sort of completely avoided in there? All those polls, all those people who are now knocking us and knocking the players, they're on the wall in the changing rooms. In that home dressing room are the tweets, are the posts of everybody who's absolutely knocking us and, and shoving us. And the, the, the lads have put them up on the wall. Um, they're looking at them and they're reading them every day. And Neil's, Neil's driving that into and say, look, this is what people think we are. So, um, no, they'll be driven, I can assure you. And... Uh, you know, it's been exciting to watch them in training and um, even watching the pre-season games. You know, it's been a pretty good pre-season, touch wood. You know, we've we've shown some real spark and, and grit at times. And, uh, you know, the losses against Tull and Lincoln and not to be sniffed at. Lincoln are a very strong side this year. I'd, I'd be surprised if they're not in the, the, the top part of that division, although League One is probably the strongest it's ever been, um, certainly since um, in the last 10 years. So, you know, I think it will drive these lads on. You know, I'm looking at them physically. We've had probably the best pre-season we've had um, because we've just been able to manage everything correctly. I think Neil's delighted with the fitness of the lads um, and their attitude. Um, so, no, I, I listen, I, I think the more bad comments out there, the more it will drive them on. And uh, that doesn't mean I want everybody to send bad comments in, of course, but um, I, I would like to think that um, the, these guys are going to use that to propel themselves forward into better performances. I was going to ask if any of mine were on there, but um, we'll, we'll move on. I've um, definitely made sure there's a few of yours on there. And I've um, highlighted them as well, red highlighted. <laughs> uh, let's move on to just have a quick chat about the stadium, because again, we've had quite a few comments sent in about this one. Um, so obviously there's still questions about the ownership of the stadium and things like that that, that have been raised. Um, probably just go through a few actually. And Fred's been in touch and he said that when you came into the club, you promised um, that when you left the club, you'd leave it in no worse financial situation than when you'd taken over. Um, he just he would like to know um, how you'd intend to do that, given that the uh, the, the ownership of all the land and, and the ground is now uh, Cool Silk and not Scunthorpe United. Uh, and we've also had a similar question sent in by, by Neil Wright on that topic as well. No, good old Neil. I think I've told him so many times, Neil. Never mind. I hope he's listening tonight. I hope he's listening, Neil. Have he a is. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he is. Um, listen, um, when when you move, when you've been through um, a pandemic like we were, and when we were going through difficult times, the most important thing is that you look at the revenues that you could probably get into the club. Our revenues, we haven't got really got a very big crowd. Our revenues are probably three and a half million pound a year, which means that you're looking at probably a million budget that, that, that's what it is at the minute that, that's all you can look at um and it's difficult to, to raise any of those funds when i came into the club when i did say that i didn't realize how much i would have to spend to get the club to a to stability you know we were short on budget um by at least a million pound i had to pay two million pound or over two million pound of the previous chairman's loan which he secured against the stadium and another million pound really basically to to tidy everything up so when i came in instead of being able to put all that money into the club i had to put four 4.5 million the club wasn't worth much more than that anyway on paper even with all the land around it because there was there was no training field there was there was no planning permissions it was two car parks so what i've done is managed to separate the two off so that i can go on and develop that land and we can then go and build a training my my aims have always wanted to build a training center and i we have eyed where we need to do that the COVID has meant that 18 months, you're not going to spend that sort of money during that period of time. But now, as we're starting to come out and, and listen, we, we need to look and see how fans affect our income up until Christmas. And then we can have a real good go. Our planning for the apartments is is um, until next year. So we've got time to start that and we should be starting that uh, reasonably soon in the next few months. We have some um, full planning to do on that. And then there are other bits that we'd like to do on the site um, to make it more viable for us. Um, the apartments will bring people in and people will spend money in restaurants and bars and hopefully at the football club. So there's a knock-on effect there. And, um, 
you can see opposite Adil now. They've, they, I think they've started the groundworks on the new hotel and gym that's going to be built opposite us. And they've already finished the drive through. So but it is a retail park which is growing and, and we have to utilise that to our best. And having it attached to a football club, you're just not going to get the investment. So having it sort of separated out means that we can go and get the financing and get the investment for all those projects outside of the football club without anybody going, well, you're a football club, I don't want to lend you money. So it's a business decision. We've always owned the football club. I've always owned the football club from day one. Paul Silk has owned it because I own 91% of the company. It's been a subsidiary of my of Paul Silk for all those years. Nothing's really changed. And when I go, as I said, the club will be in a better position. You know, if I go, and I know people probably don't want to hear if they want to hear when. Um, but you know, it 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 will be in a better position when I leave than it was um, when I took over. And I'll make sure that will happen. Um, well, um, oh, we had another question sent in. Uh, Phil asked whether an independent valuation was done on the on the uh, land. Or whether it was just basically the, the 11 million debt um, and, and obviously the um, the land and the ground in exchange for that. There was a valuation done, yes, in 2018, actually before COVID. So it was actually a, a fair valuation uh, and it was nowhere near the 11.5 million, I can assure you. Um, I think it was probably valued at around about 5 million for the whole lot, 5.2 million. So we've wrote, we've written everything off and I still intend to deliver what I said is by improving the facilities and, and trying to get our training facilities built and uh, and whatever else we need to bring up our revenue so that we can actually be competitive. Um, you can imagine if we dropped into um, into the conference, we'd have no chance, absolutely no chance. You've got 12 clubs there with the budgets in excess of 1.25 million. Um, you've got less um, structure on, on uh, salaries and wages and, and it's a fight for all and, and we just wouldn't survive with our, our small crowd so I think um, having stayed in the league we now give ourselves a chance to to, to continue to stay in this league and, and build ourselves up um, because it's going to be it's going to be tough um, there are there are clubs in the national conference who've got um, probably three million pound budgets in the conference you know how how can we ever compare? How can half the league to compete with that? They can't. So um, we're always looking off for our, over our shoulders. But all I'm trying to do is is just um, give us the best chance of uh, of continuing as a football league club. So I mean, if you ever walked away from from the club and and sold the club, would any possible suitors be able to buy back the club's assets for around eleven million pounds? Absolutely. Be less than that. Matt, be less than that. I'm I'm. I, I've I've come in and we we as a family have spent a lot of money in the football club, and um, you know we've written all that off. I own um, eight million in shares as well, so as you can imagine, it's uh, it's been a big investment for us, and we've done our best. You know, I'm not, you know, this was my first league club as a chairman. Um, I've learned a huge amount. Um, it's been tough. Um, there's been a lot of difficulties within that, but I'm still here and I'm still fighting, and I'll still make. Those big decisions, like I said, right at the beginning that I have to make and some are right, some are wrong. You know, um, I'm never going to I'm never going to please everybody. And, and I'm certainly never going to please the, the dozen or so people that, that continue to, to knock me. But I'm still here. I'm still doing it. Um, and as I said before, you know, if I walk out, there isn't somebody there who's going to plough three million a year in wages into some United football club. I can tell you. It isn't there because if it was, and that was better than me, I would I would have sold the club and given it to somebody else who wanted to put that sort of money in. But they aren't there. I can assure you. Um, so going forward, I'm here. I'm going to do my best. Um, I'm, I'm still fighting my corner, and we'll continue to try and get it right. You say just there that obviously when your ambition is the continued development um, and new facilities and things like that, the training facilities. Uh, you, I think you. It said that in your statement as well today. So what exactly is going on with that in terms of development? And is there some sort of time frame that we can expect to sort of actually see something like this? Okay, so so now we've we've come out, well, say we've come out of COVID, we all hope we have. We, we know that anything can happen, but if, if we have a good three or four months now, we can get through to Christmas, uh, we'll start to uh, get the development on the apartments moving because um, um, that needs to be done certainly before summer next year. 
Um, we will look at the development of the East Stand um, for not just the NHS, for some other bits and pieces, uh, a, a new gym, bits and pieces. And we have um, identified a, a plot of land where we want to put four football pitches on and site the academy first team and uh, the future, hopefully in a couple of years when the under-23s come back, um, put them in all one place. So, you know, that that's further investment of millions into that, and, and that's what we're going to do. Um, there's a few other bits that we'd, that we'd like to do. We're still improve, trying to improve the, the training facilities. They, they've cost us a lot over the years, but um, we've still got a little bit of work to do in the stadium as it is at the minute. Um, but we're going to continue to do that as best we can. But we, we have to be careful how we do it. We don't want to overspend at this time as we build ourselves back up as a business. Um, just moving on a, a little bit. Um, Peter, can you reveal how many season tickets have been sold this season? Ooh, um caught me out there because I've, I've been I've been busy I mean I think we've I think we've got up to about 1100 I think something like that 1200 I think I'll probably be told differently in a minute maybe my wife will come running in and, and show me on a big placard how many it is I don't know but uh, um, certainly we're, we're, we're a little bit short of where we need to be um, but I'm hoping that the performances in the, in the first part of the year might just entice a few back I mean it's difficult you know that COVID has affected everybody's pocket Everybody's wage, you know, people have lost their jobs, lost family. I mean, it's so difficult to then ask them to come and pay, you know, 20 quid to, to watch a football match. But I'm hoping that um, instead of spending all that money on Netflix and, and all the movies now that they used to do, um, we, um, you know, they might want to come out and, and watch some football. I, I honestly do think that if they want to support the club, as I've said since day one, just come and keep that figure. If you keep that figure of three or three and a half thousand pounds coming through the gate, we can we can support the club further as well. So um, really important that they come along. Um, I think yeah, we are around about eleven hundred. So we, we're we're still yeah, we're still a little bit short of where we well we're a long way short of where we want to be. I think we need to be around about eighteen hundred to two thousand. Um, but I do understand the, the financial implications of that. But but hope hopefully they'll they'll start to come in as they as we get some performances on the board. Uh, one of the changes um, at the stadium now is obviously that it is a cashless stadium. Uh, I think, I believe, if I remember back to fans' forums over the years, I think it was mentioned, certainly when Rodwell was here, that that might have been something they were looking at doing anyway. Uh, is the decision to go completely cashless just to do with COVID or was it something that's, you know, is there other reasons behind it? I think it's very practical. I think during COVID, everybody seems to have used their credit cards more anyway. And, uh, and no, I, I think... If cash is cash costs us money. It's it's difficult. It's you know you lose money, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, no, going as a cashless stadium. A lot of stadiums are doing that now. The bigger ones have done, um, and I think it's I think it's the best way to go. And we we are. I say tomorrow you, you can't pay cash on the bills on the um, uh, turnstiles tomorrow. Uh, so um, you need to go and get your ticket before you come in, um, and preferably if you can use your credit card, even better. Um, so just just to warn people, they just can't walk up and pay cash on the turnstiles tomorrow. Um, actually, I've been told now we're near twelve hundred, so maybe I sold a hundred whilst I've been on. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping they're more than anything, but yeah, twelve hundred. So yeah, another six hundred would be great. Um, and, and hopefully, like I say, Neil can get him performing well, and we can get a, a, a feel good sort of feeling around the around the club again, and and hopefully people will be wanting to come and see these exciting players. We're just going to carry that on, actually, because we are starting to wrap up as we're approaching um, 8 o'clock. Uh, we're saying we'll hopefully try and sell a few more season tickets, get some fans back in. I think, inevitably, performances would do that. But is there a, a bit of a bigger picture, a bigger plan, uh, in terms of everything that's gone on in the last couple of years? Uh, has how the club planned to actually you know, win back certain disgruntled fans? I think there are quite a, num uh, a number of them, given the sort of last season and the season before. Yeah, I can understand that, you know, it's it's not, you know, when you get relegated, there's always a, a knock-on effect. And, and like I say, being relegated then hit by COVID two seasons where you don't finish your seasons properly, really, or even start your season with no fans. Um, you, you, you know, you've got, to, you've got to fight your way back. So I think what it is now is just get ourselves on a good footing. And we are, listen, we're, we're, the club are, are not in debt. We're okay. Um, we're starting to um, build up um, other aspects, so we're talking to fans groups at the minute, and I think we're developing a fans panel um, as well. 
um we're trying to get back into the community a little bit um and again you know um being 18 months in lockdown and, and all the difficulties that 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 has been hard um um, but you'll you'll see Neil and his team doing a huge amount more community work. Um, although we are pretty good at that, I like to think you know the KVVs and the ECs and all that. Usually do a great great job. But I think we'll be in the community a little bit more and and um, hopefully with the fans a fans panel and and even trying to get a fan on the board, which we've which we've been talking about. It isn't easy, um, but we're hoping to develop that. Uh, and get somebody on there, there are a lot of difficulties in in having somebody on the board um either at director level or non-exec who then has the responsibility of making decisions so um we put that to the supporters group maybe four months ago i think it was and and they're, they're still debating that so you can see how difficult it is to come back with an answer um but changes are changes you know i came in to do what i did which was Get the club up and then have a go um that had to be really done by myself because i was putting the money in so i backed myself to do that didn't happen we've come down and now and now we've got to sort sort ourselves out keep ourselves strong hopefully entertainment and start to bring back a lot of the younger supporters as well you know we, we want to do that um, a lot of people have missed out on 18 months of of going out these these kids you know somebody who's 16 is probably nearly 18 now and they're hardly been out so Think hopefully we can get a lot more younger players back and and the likes of you know our young players cam and o'malley and uh, jay and and a few of the others in the side now um you know they can see these 19 year olds and 18 year olds playing hopefully that'll interest them to come and watch them and uh, um I, I think i think we're gonna surprise a few people this year with that we have actually had um, a few questions on the fans panel. Uh, for those that haven't heard, can you just explain briefly what the thinking is behind it, but also when and how do the candidates actually get selected as to those who are going to make that panel up? I think that's been down to uh, my CEO more than me on the, on the fans panel. I've been working on more getting a fan on the board um, rather than the fans panel. So I'm afraid I'm uh, I'm not completely au, au fait with the fans panel, but there is a selection process to go through. Um, I, I honestly don't um, don't know what that is. Uh, I'm not sure whether Matt should apply for it, um, but we'll we'll see. And you never know, they might change their mind. It might be a laugh. You never know that one. Um, but no, I, I honestly I, I don't know how that that's going to work completely. But we accept that and we want that to happen. We've always been quite transparent. You know, we have, and, and I think I've been one of the most vocal chairman. Um, I've always said what I've, I've wanted to say. I've been honest. And, and to be honest, a lot of the fans don't want to hear that sometimes. <laughs> They'd rather not hear it. <laughs> so um, um, I'll still, you know, when you ask me questions, I'll be honest about it. But um, hopefully we'll leave leave the team to um, to fight it out and, and, and obviously make their own... Uh, their own history here now without me battering on every week about certain things or, or fighting arguments with other people. You know, I, I can't be bothered. I'm doing a job here as best I can. Um, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm not going to let it knock me down. Um, you know, I, I looking at a few pictures earlier, I looked a lot younger. I, I think I looked 20 years younger when I started with running. So uh, um, I, I do feel a lot older and I do feel like I've been here a lot longer than eight years. But um, there you go. You know, a lot of people thought I wouldn't last six months. Eight years. I don't know if that's a sentence or whether that's uh, something I can look back on. But uh, now I made some great friends, and and you know I built up um, the, the relationships, bringing uh, both them back in. And, and, and sadly, even though we lost Ray, Ray, Ray Clements was a fantastic fan of the football club. Kevin Keegan was back. You know, we've we've we, we, we've tried to to build a club up and and to continue it. And uh, I just haven't had the success that the previous chairman had. And you know. That, that happens you know it's uh, it's very difficult for a club of our size to compete these days um the, the wages in the championship are, are just extraordinary now um you know i think if we'd have gone up that year we'd have had a 16 million pound budget in the championship the next year and would have fancied our chances of getting in the playoffs <laughs> now 16 won't even get you enough points to finish bottom of the table i don't think so and and even in league one you know if you look at the Sunderlands and the Ipswiches and, and all those bigger teams in, in League One, their, their, their budgets are probably up in the eights and nines and tens. So 
we're going to find it very difficult to compete going forward. And, but, but that's how the game has progressed. And what we must do now is just sort of um, lay out a plan where we protect our league existence, challenge between League Two and League One, and, and just remain as a, a quality community football club. And uh, that's what I intend to do. Just a couple of finish, uh, finish. Uh, obviously back at the stadium tomorrow. We've had a few uh, questions sent in about the state of the, the stadium, in particular dirty seats and things like that. Um, Rob asked whether the stadium's been cleaned ahead of ahead of tomorrow. Um, and uh, we've had a couple of questions about the drains as well and, and whether there's any, um, the club have obviously um, paid anyone to have a look at those because I think someone got their feet wet this afternoon buying tickets. <laughs> <laughs> the day, the day, oh my word! Um, listen, I, we've had some horrendous weather actually in the last few days. I, I think the, the, the problem is there's not a lot you can do there, is there? I mean, I, I'm, I am hoping it's been cleaned. I mean, it's not something I've had to wander around and have a look at, to be honest. But I mean, um, I, I presume it'll be cleaned and wiped down. Uh, but the weather is the weather has been horrendous. We have had a, a, a little bit of a, a problem with the, the amount of water lying there but we always have in the car park as you know i mean even though i get out of the car i probably need a pair of flippers to get in the resort but it's uh it is bad out there but i think that's just a general thing of of how the drains um have been put in under the stadium if, if you look at the difference in levels between going out the door and up into the car park and then down into the training pitch um there's a lot of work to be done but you're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds um, at the minute. I think we're fighting fires with a few bits and pieces, a bit, bits of guttering and that. But we're trying our best, um, and, I, and I'm sure it'll be as clean as we can get it. Um, but we've got eight and a half thousand seats, so if they if they don't if they think their seat's dirty, one they, they could always move next door onto a clean seat or something. I don't know. We'll take we'll take a duster with them. That'll help me. Um, but uh, I better not make that uh, actual thing of coming in with your ticket. I'll be in trouble, but uh, no. We, listen, we we've had a few problems with the weather. We're getting on top of it. The pitches pitches took a bit of a battering, um, and the training pitch as well um, with the drainage. But um, um, let, let's hope we can have it all right for tomorrow, um, um, and and hopefully everybody enjoy their experience. Uh, back on to the pitch then, um, Peter. Instead of underneath it, um, <clears throat> what in in terms of your. Um, kind of view on the season. Where, where are you expecting us to finish? And also, who do you think will be our top scorer this season? Oh, wow. Top goal scorer. Um, I, I think I'd like to see Lofty up there. I think he showed enough qualities um, to be a 20, 20 goal a season striker in this division. Almost certainly. I, I, I'd like to see a lot more from our peripheral players as well, our midfielders and wingers, um, which which will be good. Um, you know, unfortunately, not not every every forward will score goals. Uh, I think that brings me on to uh, actually KDT a little bit. There was one, no one's asked me about KDT. Um, we seem to be out a lot of press talking about Keenan and the fact that uh, um, who he was signed by and, and why he's not got in the team. Um, I, I feel real sorry for the guy actually because um, he played, if you remember, he played really good, well at Watford and um, Crawley. did exceptionally well at those two games and we, we put a deal on the table, Neil and myself, and, and was just about to sign him when Lofty came in as well. Um, and then he, and then Neil wanted Lofty, Lofty as well. So we ended up signing two of the players, but the signing was was definitely uh, Neil's and, and the football club. So um, you know we're talking about other people signing him and all the issues signing. There were there were other players that we signed that didn't quite work out, but that, their circumstances which are gone now, and and I'm hoping that the strikers we have got in the side and and the wingers will start. I hope Dev will get a few goals. Bunny looks like he'll get a few goals. Um, Alan, if he's back in, he will score. Um, you know, and and I like the fact that Neil has been able to work with Will to to bring in some some exciting players this season. I mean, you know, Will have nothing to do with previous seasons, and and this is his first season. And I'd like my chief scout to be sort of marked on this season with Neil. Um, that would be a really good young lad coming through, uh, regardless of whether he's my lad or not. Um, that would be good. Um, he'd probably tell you who will score all the goals. He, he's got more. He's got more facts than me. Um, who do you think is going to score? Who's going to be the top goal scorer then? Um, I mean, in my personal opinion, I think it's probably going to be Loft um, for us. And um, be nice to see Harry Bond get a few as well. Yeah, it would. I, I think. I think. Um, I think he will score uh, six or seven goals. I think. I, mean, I think Dev will do the same. So you can see where the goals are going to come from. It's. 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 it's quite, it could be quite exciting and. Uh, and, and I also think that um, that Beastie's got a lot to offer as well. 
Um, you know, he he looks a, a great player. He did last year, and uh, um, you know him and Kenyon uh, in the middle there look, look a good partnership. So it'll be quite exciting tomorrow. Um, you know, we all look to enjoy it. It's our first game back, community club, our local club, um, and I just wish that uh, you know everybody gets there safely and, and enjoys the day. Uh, I was going to ask for some sort of message to end, but I think that probably does it quite nicely, actually. Um, Peter, thank you very much for joining us once again. All the best with the season. Yeah, and you, and you guys. You know, you know. Well, you're, you can always invite me on any time, and, and hopefully not not all the time when we're losing loads of games because it's a bit more <laughs> difficult. Then try and choose the time we won a few. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, okay. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 